Hello, wonderful people. This is Jason English with Things About Things, simplifying concepts without sacrificing depth. Today's concept is renewable energy, and I'm sitting inside of a, what year? 79. 1979 VW bus for you Boone people. It's the orange one. And it belongs to my neighbor and friend, Brent Somerville. He's a professor of sustainable technology at App State. Brent, thanks for being here with me, man. Thank you. My pleasure. Oh, thanks for letting me be here with you in your <laughs> bus. So, yeah. So let's start with just the, a really basic but maybe difficult question. What is renewable energy? What does that mean other than the obvious? Right. Um, renewable energy has been called lots of things like alternative energy, clean energy. But um, at its core, renewable energy is uh, making power from a renewable source. Okay. And so the fuel is uh, essentially inexhaustible because it's constantly being renewed. Yeah. So uh, sunshine, free fuel delivered daily. Um, wind comes regularly and falling water is a fuel source that's constantly renewed by the, the hydrologic cycle. And so since the fuels are rapidly uh, renewed, those all fall under renewable energy. So the idea of it makes sense. How it works doesn't make sense to me. So can we go through maybe a few, if I'm correct, you kind of specialize or focus in wind, but you also teach about solar? Yeah. Can we start with wind? Like. What is wind energy, or how does it work? I mean, I get the idea. Wind blows, you somehow harness that wind. And mm -hmm. how, in layman's terms, how do you harness the wind to, <laughs> to provide energy for people? It is complex, uh, but we've been doing it for thousands of years, you know, because yeah. of sailing. Um, yeah. Harnessing the power of the wind to move right. boats across the ocean. Um, and even uh, 2,000 years ago um, in Persia, they were harnessing the wind to... Uh, the brute force of the the windy area to to turn large grindstones and and pump water and really slow, torquey work, uh, <laughs> and the Europeans did that as well for hundreds of years. It's just in the this um, the nineteen twenties and thirties we started we converted wind energy into an aerodynamic uh, based principle like airplanes. Oh, wow. So we've, there's two magical things happening in a wind turbine that's harnessing the power of the wind. Um, one is aerodynamic lift. The, bl the blades of the wind turbine are a lot like the, um, the wings of an airplane. Right. When the, uh, the fluid of the air moves over the airfoil shape, sort of a curved shape, it generates a suction or a lift. And that suction is what lifts the airplane wings. The same suction... Uh, drives the the uh, blades of the wind turbine around so they're not really being pushed around like when you stick your hand out of the car window it pushes back yeah it's a more sophisticated move of passing a fluid over a curved surface and then the suction is the driving force wow so it's kind of magical aerodynamic lift and there's a lot of trickery and engineering to getting that right and then what happens and then that just turns a shaft and turns a generator okay kind of old school um industrial revolution work happens and inside the generator the, uh, the the force of the wind turning that shaft is moving um, magnets close to coils of copper wire and the magical force that emits from a magnet um, yeah. passes through the copper atoms and uh, puts the copper atom electrons on the move it pumps those electrons around the circuit yeah. and as soon as we have electrons on the move through a circuit then we put them to work you know charging batteries um, running lights, whatever. So thousands of years ago, it moved a boat. Now the energy is electricity? Or is there more than just saying the word electricity of what it... Electricity, just moving yeah. the electrons. And we do all sorts of stuff with that. Yep. And that's one of your passions, I guess, is the wind part. Yeah, it's very exciting. Um, I love solar, I love hydro, I love wind. Um, but um, taking care of wind turbines is a very... Or taking care of them is how I put it. Yeah, because, because maintenance. There's a lot of interaction. Uh, they're interacting with the weather, and we know the weather can be very entertaining in itself. So you, you're watching the wind turbine interact with the weather and take the big wind, chill out through the no wind, uh, you know, uh, respond to gentle breezes. 
But I like yeah. it because it's, it's very dynamic and interactive, keeping them maintained and running. So you're a professor at App, but you're also running around all over to different wind turbines. Yeah, I like to stay hands-on active. We, yeah. I keep six running up on Beach Mountain where it's windy, on a windy ridge. Um, I was there today. Uh, help some local folks keep theirs going. Answer lots of questions about yeah. people that are interested in wind and end up talking most of them out of it and saying, it's probably not right for you, uh, maybe you should go solar. Is it because people have kind of uh, an idea of you stick this little thing on the top of your roof and it runs your whole house and in reality doesn't produce enough energy? Essen essentially, yeah, wind has an impressive scale. On the small end of the scale, there are small turbines that people love to hang off the back of their sailboats because they live much like this. We're in a Volkswagen bus, they yeah. live off grid, out and about, Yeah. off of batteries. They have a few solar panels, but they live on the ocean, and it's very windy. Yeah. So they're a, a prime customer <clears throat> for a very small battery-charging wind turbine. And out there, it makes sense. Um, in town, you know, put a small wind turbine on your roof. Um, it's probably going to cause more trouble than give benefit. Interesting. Because um, it seems like a windy place, relatively speaking. It is, but the wind turbines, uh, uh, they work off of aerodynamic lift. Right. And so the fuel source is a, a relatively clean uh, stream of, of air. Mm -hmm. And to get that good fuel, you have to go above the trees okay. or out in the ocean. Yep. And so that <clears throat> pushes it into a pretty bold spot where you now have to have space and, and, and funding to put up a tall tower. Yep. And then on the top of that tower, you can put your wind turbine. And it has to be pretty good size to make a residential impact or an impact on a residential customer. Like... 23 foot diameter is 10 kilowatt wind turbine is the most popular residential scale turbine and that's pretty big that it, is it big. weighs 1500 pounds it requires a professional to install it so the most benefit out of wind power would be in the proper placement really big units that are then feeding communities as opposed to Homes, like an individual home? Well, a wind turbine finds its place at um, a home. Some people do have the space, the wind resource, and the boldness to put one <laughs> up in the backyard and make it work. Yeah. Especially in rural America and especially in the interior Great Plains. Where yeah. It's, it's yeah, widespread, windy, those. you know, it'll work great out there. And then a little larger one, put it at the farm because they need more energy. Right. And the, the farmers can benefit from USDA uh, incentive programs and, and help take the cost down um, a little bigger uh, put it at the Budweiser plant in California to cut down on their uh, uh, energy bills at a brewery and also be yeah. able to say during the Super Bowl that we are wind powered right and then of course like you say the top end of the scale is a, a, a wind farm of yeah mega multi megawatt scale turbines on land or even in the ocean making bulk electricity feeding into the population centers and it, it's a power plant where where's the one the ones on beach mountain where is it sending the energy well um so we have a few that are battery chargers a few that are just fed into the grid and we're connected to uh, mountain electric and they're part of tennessee valley authority and uh, tva has always had a, a program where they accept green energy fed onto their grid and they give you a credit for it. Okay. Um, mostly what we do is, is, is research. We're not into making electricity, per se. Uh -huh. We're putting wind turbines in a windy location, finding problems, working with the uh, yep. manufacturers to resolve problems, Wow. training people. Yeah. So you mentioned for a lot of people, ind individual homes at least, solar might be a better option, at least around here. Right. So let's transition to that. Other than the obvious, what is solar energy? Yeah. <laughs> Well, all renewable energy comes from sunlight. It's the, okay. it's the driving force behind wind and, wow. and hydro and, of course, solar uh -huh. um, and, and the garden, <laughs> everything. <Yeah. laughs> but um, solar is, is really great because there are no moving parts. Yeah. Um, so it just lays there and it accepts the sunlight and the electrons get on the move. And so at the, at the source is the sun, which is a huge fusion reactor. Okay. And that, that fusion process creates photons, light energy, and they eventually make their way to the surface of the sun and then blast out in all directions. And so like uh, Bill McDonough says, you walk outside, 
the sunlight that hits your face um, left the sun eight minutes ago. And right. in eight minutes, like it that. traveled <laughs> 93 million miles. Um, it's hauling ass. It's a gift from God. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but those little photon particles that emit from that reaction in the sun, um, where the scientists realize that when they strike a certain metallic surface, the electrons <clears throat> in the atoms became uh, frenetic in energy. They, they all started jumping around. <clears throat> it's like, whoa, we got something here. Uh, so what we do, you know, they, we, we grow, we purify silicone and slice it into tiny thin wafers and, and inject some phosphorus, which adds a few extra electrons in there. Huh. And so when the photons strike this silicone uh, doped with phosphorus uh, surface, the electrons become um, energized by the photons and they start running around. But it's chaotic. I love the Blues Brothers, and I was thinking about this analogy today. It's like you're, there's a church full of people. They're sitting down, and then James Brown walks in, fires, <laughs> fires up the band, right. and the music kicks on, and everyone's on their feet doing, doing uh, cartwheels and singing and dancing. And it's like that. The electrons are just energized by the photons. Okay. But it's chaotic, so what, we, what they do is they create a, a sandwich or a wafer, on one side, there's lots of electrons. On the other side, the other side, they dope it with boron, or they inject boron into the silicon, and which creates holes. It's kind of like positive and negative. And so those frenetic electrons, they really want to go into the holes. It's like those people really want to go in, in next door and eat a potluck dinner. <laughs> and so we, we catch those electrons in wires and send them through a circuit on their way to where they want to go, those holes. And so when the sunlight and the photons strike the, the solar cell, the electrons just, they become energized and they go around in this circle. And so that's... Can you depend on that happening? Like it's, you said chaotic, but yeah. it will do that. If it's you chaotic those... unless you build a cell with, with little wires to collect them and route them through a circuit so they kind of obey to the that, other so side of the sandwich. And they're motivated by the sun to just go. And the sun pushes them through the circuit and around and around they go. Is it dangerous in any way to like if someone puts a solar panel on their property is that process in any way dangerous uh, electricity can be dangerous it's a matter of voltage i just i built a system for this volkswagen and for my my shed uh, and all the voltages are are low in other words right. you can touch everything yeah it's all 12 volt 24 volt it's like touching your car battery so dangerous technically yes but not nearly as dangerous as a normal receptacle in a house would yeah be. a receptacle right. is 120 volts right. you touch it you're like pow yeah you yeah, feel yeah. it uh and uh, but some solar systems do run at high voltage and there are safety measures and grounding just like your home electric system to protect you from that okay um, so and so for the most part at least in this area that's maybe the better way to go for a home. Everywhere. I mean, unless you're in the cold, dark ends of the earth, the Arctic caps, the solar resource is very ubiquitous yeah. and, e and easy. In other words, if you can get the technology installed, it's going to work. It's, yeah. it's very reliable. Now, it doesn't just, it's not 100% reliable. We, a lot of our students are employed by companies that keep solar facilities running. And it's an active process. Like, oh, this device burned up. This yeah. wire was nicked, and it created a short, which led to a fire. And so there's still there's still O and M operations and maintenance involved. But when you put solar on the roof, uh, twenty years later, the the solar panels are fine. Maybe some of the power electronics had to be worked on during that time, but it's very low maintenance and high. Do you ever have to re-inject like the borons and all, or is it just kind no? Of those electrons, <laughs> just like there's electrons in this table, yeah, they're just in the atoms and they they go around in circles. They're never depleted. Unbelievable. It's like your bicycle wheel. You know, you push on it, it goes in circles. It doesn't kind of yeah. disappear. It just keeps yeah, keep yeah. pushing. It keeps going in circles. That's amazing. Yeah. So what about size and cost in order for an average home? And to even say average home, I don't even know what those numbers are, right. but, you know, for, right. for a home, what does that look like for somebody? Is it like a couple panels or is it you're decking out your entire house? Yeah. 
That's a good question. Um, and it's funny getting, getting that question from someone that visited us from Africa. Like, what solutions can I present my customers? Yeah. And so it started that small end of the scale. The smallest end is the solar light. Okay. I mean, and we all love solar. It's, it's sort of similar to growing your own food. Like, you see me out there, I'm dabbling in that. A couple tomatoes and some uh -huh. herbs. And people dabble in solar with solar lights by the walkway. Right. And we love it, and we dabble in it for a few dollars. Right. Um, and some of the people in developing countries, they just need light. Yeah. And they and you can get that from this much. So solar. their home has light at nighttime. Yeah. Yep. And because it's it gets dark, they still need to do things. Yeah. And, you know, what they burn... Through batteries, they burn through kerosene. This is clean, re reliable light. So at yeah. one end of the scale, you can just have solar lights. And for us, it's kind of like camping. Um, what I did on the, uh, uh, you know, a next level up is lights and music and entertainment. So more solar, a little more gear, and you're doing more with solar. You're charging a bigger battery. Now you've got a radio, a phone charger, and some more lights. And cool. so it's very scalable. Mm -hmm. I built a system for my shed called shed solar home energy device and it's a couple thousand bucks okay and you put two large solar panels in the yard uh, there's a box a toolbox with batteries and an inverter in the shed but essentially it's somewhere to plug in my uh, electric uh, lawnmower string trimmer chainsaw and electric bike so all those things are now completely fueled by solar awesome and it's um you know, I could, I could very well dry, uh, put a drop cord from the house to the shed and plug it all in. But when I mow the grass or ride my bike or cut a tree with pure solar, it's like, wow, this is awesome. Yeah, right. And so that's, you know, another level up. Now, for most people that want to do something with solar, they go rooftop solar. Mm -hmm. And so I, I guide most people to a website that's actually main, a very uh, important website maintained by NC State University called Desire. D-S-I-R-E-U-S-A.org, mm -hmm. database of state incentives in the USA.org. And you could put in your zip code and see all the incentives from federal and state programs and like a 26% federal tax credit for going okay. solar. Okay. And at the top, it says, try our solar calculator. And you put in your address. Right. And it sees your house. And you put in how much your power bill is. Right. And it says, cool, yeah, you can, you can go solar. You don't need this many square feet right. of solar panels. Uh, 4,000, 4, 5,000, 6,000, 7,000 watts of solar. Maybe 10 or 20 solar modules on the roof. And then it says you can go cash. You can go financing. Click here to get a few competitive bids. Okay. And so it kind of lays it out for people. There's a no cost, no money down option right. usually, and financing available. And then and, and ultimately, a local professional will show up and say, all right, here's the, you know, it's, it's almost like getting a heat pump. Yeah. They show up and here's how much it's going to cost. Here's some financing. Um, we'll do it next week. It'll take one day. How much does it matter for your home to have full sun hitting it? It matters. It's not, um, it's a good question. Uh, typically shading analysis is done. Mm -hmm. It's always, it's typically been on site. You do a shade, use a, sh a tool to see uh, year round shading. You know, what's it going to be like in the winter when the sun is low? What's it going to be like here in the summer when the sun is high? Sometimes it's too shady and uh, it won't work very well. Maybe you'll get 25% output of what you could. Uh, but there's a lot of places that have plenty of sun on the roof where it does work. A whole neighborhood, you know, some of these new neighborhoods, every house could have solar. Yeah. But my house, I got huge trees and shading. Is, you got that one spot on the top left. Yeah, of I the got roof one sunny spot on that top left that I'm going to put some and solar. And if you had to guess, would that produce 25%? of your home energy use or something like that? Or? I, I would do it like the shed. What I would do is put enough, uh, we used to have a program um, in the solar club called Take Your Bedroom Off the Grid. That's and great. It's, it's just like your shed. <laughs> put a little solar up, charge a little battery, battery powers an inverter, and you plug in everything that you plug in your bedroom, a light, a radio, uh, all your phones, right. your laptop. And so I would use it for some of my house, 
I wouldn't uh, feed it into the grid and offset my power bill, yeah. which is the, has been the most common thing to do. But it's probably 10% of my energy use, putting a three solar modules up on my uh, corner of my but roof. It, but it is a, it's a step. Yeah. And I think that, I know I'm just speaking for myself, sometimes I get intimidated by, mm-hmm. you know, would I, every square inch of the roof have to be covered and I'd right. be like $30,000 in debt to somebody in order to do this and it would take right. my whole life before... But those kind of steps, it's good to know that that's, it's not an all or nothing thing. That's really good to know. But, you know, you're paying 100 bucks a month for electricity your whole life. And so the solar companies come by and they're like, all right, we'll take that to um, $95. It'll be your solar payment plus your new tiny power bill. And now you're paying, instead of $100 a month for grid power, you're paying $95 a month for grid power plus solar payment. And once they lay that out, folks are like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. Man, that's so good. So what what other kind of renewable energies are there? There's uh, water, but is, would the proper term be hydro? Hydro, or, yeah. And what? how does that work? Well, hydro, you know, that was our original renewable energy, 1900. That's what we were doing. And in the 20s. North Carolina was all hydro. Boone was hydro. Oh, that place on the Greenway, yeah. isn't that? Yeah. And, you know, around that time, it, we understood how the grid worked, even from hydro. We had a huge drought, and all of a sudden, North Carolina was out of power. Okay. And we got the power wheeled up from the hydro facilities in Alabama. Wow. You know, because of the way the grid works, it's all interconnected, and we could share resources. So hydro has been around forever. But, but that's the moot or the falling, the falling gravity water, of water. Yep. Okay. The hydrologic cycle, you know, is the water is returned to the mountains by the sunshine driving the water cycle, and then gravity runs it down the hill. And so if you can intercept that water um, and run it through a pipe and fire it into a turbine, then you're making electricity much like wind. You're turning a generator. Yeah. And that seems like it's more. <clears throat> Dependent on if you happen to have falling water on your property. Very dependent. Yeah, <laughs> I obviously, I, I obviously can't do it. I have no creek. Yeah. But uh, my coworker said uh, his today his wife, he and his wife were going to purchase property in Ash County, and he said, and he knew enough uh, to say that uh, it's about twenty gallons per minute of water. It's a spring, you know, and it drops about a hundred and twenty vertical feet, so steep. Yeah. And it takes about 600 feet of creek to drop that much. Okay. And those are all I, that's all I needed to look up uh, a small turbine that could make 100 watts continuously, which adds up to about two, you know, two and a half kilowatt hours a day. That's enough energy to run a, a tiny home. Okay. Just from a little two-inch uh, spinning turbine. Yeah. But the fact so that it, it runs all the time makes it. So add then up. it has to be stored. How does that work? Yeah, How do you that store th- energy? That little thing is a battery charger. Okay. So you ha- okay. One of the, um, the uh, I don't know, the realities of remote, standalone, renewable energy is there are batteries involved. Mm-hmm. And so that's come a long way. It's, uh, it's been lead-acid batteries for decades and decades since um, Edison was around. But we have other chemistries now to play with, like lithium iron phosphate and lithium nickel manganese cobalt and such. But this um, renewable energy uh, is variable. Solar comes most days. Wind comes when it wants. And hydro is a small, relatively small 24-hour producer. Mm. So um, Are they here for you? Or is that a guest? That he's just going to grab something. Oh, okay. Hopefully he finds it. Um, so hydro, yeah, hydro is very site-specific, but I love it. You get to play in the creek, and when you go to that creek and you install the intake screen and you lay out the pipe and get the generator turning and wired up to the batteries, it's like you're a kid again. Yeah. You're just play, moving rocks around in the creek, and you're seeing that power flow into the batteries, and then the batteries power an inverter, and you plug things into the inverter and do what you want, and then the battery stay, stays charged from the uh, the constant feed of the hydro. All right, well, I guess unless you have water on your property, that's not really an option. But, but what, yeah. if, what if there's a lot of water somewhere? Does it, like, go, like old school, it can generate enough to feed communities or feed a business? Oh, yeah, or? that's, uh, so 
as I was saying, hydro was our renewable uh, of choice in the beginning, and we built dams all over the place. Yeah. And now we don't do that anymore. We do small-scale facilities, um, and we do micro-hydro for homes and farms and villages. But other countries still still build big dams. Costa Rica, uh, Brazil, they're still tapping into large rivers and making bulk electricity, uh, feeding it into the grid. And, of course, you know China has built the world's largest dam on the Yangtze River mm. uh, just uh, that, sh- that dwarfs any all of their coal plants. It's the biggest hydro you can imagine. Wow. And so it's still happening on a large scale, but around here it's mostly small personal scale systems. Mm. So what other versions of renewable energy are there? So we got wind, we got solar, we got hydro. Yeah. Is there a is there an earth one? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> geothermal is um is kicked around and biomass. What does biomass mean? Biomass is um uh, wood, primarily, you know, there's energy in wood. So yeah. I heat my house with biomass. Yeah. Firewood. Right. Um, you can burn wood and make electricity. Um, there's biogas from from those biological sources that you let them uh, uh, build uh, or uh, decompose and make um, methane gas, and then you have a methane gas to cook with and make electricity. Okay. Um, and then there's geothermal. Around here, geothermal is a term that gets used for ground source heat pumps instead of right. air source heat pumps. You run the pipes in the ground, and the heat pump uh, works on the delta T between your house temperature and the ground temperature. Right. But geothermal also means, uh, when I lived in Reno, it means there's a power plant that runs off steam, and the steam comes from the earth. Uh, where there's geothermal activity, okay, the ring right. of fire, you know, places where there's uh, volcanic activity underground, the mag, the the molten lava has generated steam, mm-hmm. and so they just take that they steam out of the somewhere. earth <laughs> and drive a turbine with it. That's great. We don't see that around here. Around yeah. here, old geoth- faithful. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So geothermal is really cool, but it's very also site specific. Oh sure. And. And so I, I, the heat pumps, I try to call them ground source heat pumps because it's not really geothermal uh, steam. It's just the insulation of the ground. I see. So what about, I mean, I know we already talked about water, but it seems like the ocean itself would be its own category. Is it its own category regarding Yeah, energy? it's called, it's in the category of marine and hydrokinetic, moving water. Not falling water, really, but moving water. Would that mean like the uh, Tides. Tides, uh, waves, and rivers. Yep. How in the world do you harness that, though? It looks like a wind turbine. <laughs> okay. Uh, so a th- uh, a, 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 an efficient uh, marine or a tidal turbine looks like a small wind turbine. That water is like a thousand times more uh, dense than air. And so it's, it's moving on a very dense wind blowing through. So are there like a million of those in the ocean? Like a million ocean turbines everywhere? No, that's pretty nascent technology. It's early on. Okay. It's, uh, it's in the R&D stage. Um, the UK, the US, they're putting R&D funny, uh, funding into marine and hydrokinetic power, but it's, it's in early stages, so there aren't many out there. There's some down in the East River flowing through New York City, uh, but of course you can't see them. They're anchored to the the floor whoa and the tides the river is constantly driving these hydro um, tidal turbines and there's there's some that uh <clears throat> that look like the front of a combine i don't know how to describe it but they are rolling on the bottom mm-hmm. of a river in a village in alaska and so this little village you know typically a village will power their uh small microgrid with diesel generators solar is not very good up there and so they, they now have uh, wind turbines and a river, rivgen, a river generator out there doing work. <laughs> so good. But it's experimental because they yeah. have lots of questions. What does the silt do? Yeah. How does it affect the salmon run? Yeah. But it's been working well. You gotta yeah. test that. Yeah. So we got wind, we got solar, we got hydro, geothermal. And then what was the other phrase when it's not officially geothermal, but you. Ground source heat pumps, just more yeah. efficient way to do heating and cooling. Yeah. Uh, the ocean, biomass. Waste. Uh, okay. we, we were in Denmark, you know, uh, this last summer. 
because they that's the, the the homeland of wind energy. In the 70s, there was an energy crisis, and Denmark says we want wind power, and they built a large megawatt scale wind turbine, and it still runs today from 1975. And they led the world in designing uh, reliable wind power, and they get um, the bulk of their electricity from this beautiful country from their wind turbines. Um, they said no to nuclear. And their neighbor, Sweden, said yes to nuclear. So it's an interesting um, experiment. They get their, uh, Denmark gets their energy from burning wood chips um, and from burning waste. Right in the middle of Copenhagen is a beautiful architectural building where you could hike and ski on the rooftop. But it's a waste incinerator where they make electricity from the waste. Does the town smell bad? No, no, it's very high tech. Complete pyrolysis, complete combustion. Of the uh, of the waste, is I know we have, we're not talking about nuclear necessarily, but is that in the category of sustainable energy or no? Right, that's a very debated thing right now. I know it generates a lot of it. it does but. nuclear? I, I um, well, it's not renewable because it runs off little gray rocks, uranium. Or of a certain and that's not a renewable right, source. It's not renewing itself. It generates a lot of it, but it doesn't renew itself. Okay. It's it's a it's seen it's it's, it's heavily debated throughout yeah. decades. Sure. But it has safety and waste issues. Yeah. Um, and cost issues. It's very right. expensive. But these days, with climate change really taking up a notch, folks have changed. Some folks have changed their mind about nuclear. Interesting. So like it's a lot of low carbon electricity. Oh, I see. But other folks are really, they've got decades the old fears. potential consequences and are they, so big. Yeah, there's still waste and, and cost issues. Mm -hmm. um, and so we don't, we don't count it as renewable energy, but yeah. it sometimes gets pulled into sustainable or clean oh, energy. Oh, I see. Low carbon electricity. I see. Um, my uncle is an old school nuclear engineer. He knows how to keep those old nuke facilities running. He's an asset the new generation of nuclear engineers, um, they don't know how to keep those old tur turbine or plants running. And, and we haven't built a new nuke facility in a long time. Oh, okay. And we can't really afford to build one now. So okay. it's, um, it's an interesting field that I try to just keep it off to the, to the side and focus on what sure. I focus on. Is hydrogen a renewable energy source? Yeah, and you know, I got into this stuff in 2005. It's another storage media, like batteries. Okay. So you can make electricity uh, from wind, solar, hydro. You can then store that by generating hydrogen through electrolysis, splitting the water into hydrogen and oxygen. Right. And you store that hydrogen, and now that is stored energy that can be used to make electricity through a fuel cell, which is also kind of magical, or go into a hydrogen-powered vehicle. Is that but dangerous? Um, hydrogen is a, a very flammable, explosive gas, but um, and so folks have uh, you know taken that on as a challenge, and yeah, you know proposed pelletizing it in little solid pellets to put in a vehicle but uh, it's still a thing it's kind of it, it kind of fell out of fashion over the years uh, there's a gentleman I know that that stored his energy in an off-grid island home through hydrogen got it back to electricity through fuel cells made it work he tried to donate all that to us because he just replaced it all with a whole bunch of Tesla power walls way simpler and, what uh, is a Tesla Powerwall? It's a battery. Oh, okay. It's a lithium-based battery technology. Um, electricity goes in, electricity comes out. Ninety-nine percent round-trip efficiency of storing that energy. Way more simple. I and see. he had the money, so he scrapped the whole hydrogen storage and went batteries, Tesla Powerwalls. So I that's kind of where the trend is going: is the simple. Uh, Decade life, decades of life of a, a battery that goes on the wall and can store your energy. I see. From a sunny day, and then you can use it that night. Right. So you mentioned with, with the nuclear thing, you mentioned just like less carbon use. Right. Is that, I mean, one of the reasons of using a renewable source is because it's renewable, but in your mind, is it also to decrease carbon use? 
And do you think that it's possible for us to eventually decarbonize? Yeah, and it's it's happening way faster than I thought it ever would. Hmm. Like coal has been, you know, coal has, has had a stronghold. If you look at a pie chart of where our electricity comes from, coal was always a big black slice. Yeah. And that slice is shrinking fast. Like coal is dead. Coal is dying. It's out. And it's like, I thought that would take decades, but it's just taking a nosedive. Natural gas is here. It's cheap. People are going for it. But coal is, is, is out of here. It's amazing. Um, so now the battle is uh, with natural gas. Uh, yeah, fracking, I was going to say, do you want to talk about Extracting that? it, yeah. uh, burning it. It's cleaner than coal, but it's still a fossil fuel. It still emits carbon. There's still the whole fracking issue. It's pro- yeah, are it's, we hurting the earth with it? And then, of course, you just, it's not renewable. Right. It's not renewable. So you build a natural gas facility. You have to fuel it constantly with, with a fuel that costs money, and it's difficult to extract. Um, so natural gas is, is <laughs> I, uh, am not a fan of it, but it's getting us through this transition from oh, yeah. fossil fuels to clean energy. Um, I think it'll, it'll see its day soon, but right now it's here and it's in, in fashion. The coal is out. Here in the United States with you know, capitalist society. So there's always kind of the question of not just money in terms of the consumer, being able to afford, but the money in terms of like a business making money, where, what do you think our future is in terms of the customer wanting to use a renewable energy source and in an affordable way and businesses thriving? Mm -hmm. Is that, can we see a sustained kind of economic is that an airplane? Yeah. <laughs> a sustained economic growth in, in a healthy way this way. Yeah, yeah. I think um, the decarbonization of our electric grid is happening. And people in their homes may not even be aware of this. Like, the, if you look at several years back, it's wind and solar have become completely cost-competitive. And it's all about economics in our capitalist society. So if wind and solar, you know, this magical clean energy with free fuel can be just as competitive as a fossil fuel uh, that's really entrenched into the system, then it'll it'll slide right in there. And no one even has to make the choice. They just buy electricity. And the people that supply it are putting up big wind farms, solar all over the place uh, because it's cost competitive. Uh, now, the individual choices of putting it on your roof, that, you know, the financing, the incentives, the ease of doing that, the immediate impacts um, leads some people to do that, and that's fine, but you don't have to do that. You can just sit back and support uh, a greener grid with, with large-scale implementation of wind, solar on the grid, and you don't have to put it on your house. You can support it. In your community, um, you can buy the the soy milk that says on the bottom, "We we power this with wind power," mm-hmm. and, um, and things like that. Right. So buying products that you know came from that source of energy. Yep. But what you said just buying electricity. How can an individual? Because I I want to kind of finish up with kind of small steps, medium sized steps, big right. steps. Just buying energy as normal, that seems like a small or non-step, but how would I right. even know if it's moving in the right direction? Yeah. Am I just being too passive and I'm not actually helping anything in that scenario? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you can, uh, so sometimes, uh, well, our local utility, New River, put out surveys like, would you be willing to pay a little more uh, for solar? Uh, and if, if so, we will put up solar in town and help put more solar on the the boon grid and so um sometimes you're asked to pay a little more to to um install more solar on your mm-hmm. local town grid um and and it's not much but um other times you're just asked to support it say just to say you want it so what i do is i go to to dc on lobby days and I go to, to the members' offices and say, hey, I, I work with small wind turbines. This should be uh, an, 
uh, an option for people who want to do it. So let's tweak these federal laws and policies so it's more affordable and easier uh, and, and incentivized for people to do it. Right. So it takes a whole a concerted effort to get there. Um, and so many customers of electricity have no idea what's going on. They're just like, oh, cool, we have more solar now on the grid. Yeah. And they like it. But others are actively working on the technology or going to Capitol Hill to incentive uh, yeah. to uh, ask for improved so almost federal put that policies. In the, it's almost like you're doing behind-the-scenes stuff for yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what should, what can I do or, you know, anyone listening to this, what can we do? Maybe start with, like, small steps. You kind of hit on some of them already, like a shed, offset one right. bedroom or something like that. But can you maybe just throw out some fun suggestions for someone's like, I like what I'm hearing. I'm not ready to go all out and do right. the whole deal, but what can someone do to just ma take some small steps? Well, some of it's boring. Like <laughs> I work in the sustainable technology and the built environment. It's our department. Okay. And maybe half of our building people are focused on uh, efficiency. So, um, I say it's boring. It just means it's not the stuff I work on. I work on actively <laughs> making electricity or energy with solar, wind, and hydro, and I love it. Uh -huh. But in the background, what people can do is just be more efficient. Yeah. Um, so you can design and build a more efficient home. You can weatherize your home. You can use more efficient lighting and heating and cooling. Okay. Um, this kind of in the category of the reduce. Yeah. Part of reduce, it all. Mm -hmm. and then your your the solar and the wind that's happening, or the solar you put on your roof will do way more because now you're using less electricity, and the percentage that your solar is contributing just went up. And so, being more efficient with how you move around transportation, uh, ride an e-bike like we mm -hmm. do. Yeah, so it, you might have driving. seen Brent and I ride around. <laughs> he, he's many years in the on the e-bike, but he got me converted, and so I'm on the an e-bike we, we call ourselves a long tail club if anyone wants to join <laughs> let us know <laughs> yeah so try to be make it make lots of small decisions toward the uh, low carbon end of things with transportation how you mow the grass where your food comes from your house how you heat it and cool it and light it um, so all that is an underlying movement that makes our our whole lives more sustainable mm -hmm. uh, as far as renewable energy you can um, support companies that go 100% uh, go renewable energy. You can put up hydro if you have a creek, but that's a select few. You can put up wind if you have the resource and the space and you want to do something bold and dynamic. But most people can go solar. I mean, California in the last few years made it mandatory for all new homes to have solar. Mm -hmm. Like all homes should have solar on the roof. Uh, to offset the the, uh, the usage of that home. And so many folks can go down the road of exploring the financing and finding a local professional to put solar on their rooftop or their commercial business. Mm -hmm. um, you can demand your local utility, not demand, you can tell your local <laughs> utility that you want more clean energy. Yeah. And that, that, that means a lot because contracts are renewed. Uh, right. Our local utility is getting out from under Duke's contract and switching to NTE, which will allow more renewables to be installed on the Boone grid. Mm -hmm. and, because, and they won't do that kind of uh, work unless they hear from their customers that they want more clean energy. Right. Um, There's the plane again. So you don't, you don't have to go off grid and disconnect from the utility. Yeah. Um, that's a, a, a bold move in itself. Sure. But you can, you know, if you're buying electricity, you can contact the supplier of the electricity and say, what can I do to get more clean energy? And they, they're all thinking about that right now. Mm -hmm. You know, they have incentives or programs for you to do it. And then they have uh, ways to uh, bring more renewables onto their grid. They can buy more renewables from where they buy electricity. So, you know, let your voice be heard or go for it and put solar on your roof. Those are some small steps, you know, make a call, change, you know, transportation, make sure you're more efficient, then bumping up to putting panels on and lots of panels on. Uh, are there any more in the category of like 
kind of medium sized to big that are like it's kind of a sacrifice you're making. Mm-hmm. It's not a little quick easy thing. It's not buying the the better light bulb that's a little bit more. It's a bigger decision. Where what kind of things are in that category? Right, like buying an electric car. Okay, uh, that's a that's a big one. Um, not using your dryer. <laughs> that's painful, right? You want to take it out of the washer. You want to put it in the electric dryer. Yeah. Well, that uses lots of um, electricity. You could hang your clothes. Okay. Um, and that's a way to just if you're not you know, those that electricity you're not using really adds up. What uh, what other appliances are in that category? Uh, if you have an old refrigerator, uh, new refrigerators are much more efficient. Uh huh. Um, and uh, same with water heaters. A new water heater has much more yeah. um, insulation. And there's new heat pump water heaters that more efficiently heat the water. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Does it take electricity to have things plugged in that aren't on? Yeah, and, you know, that's called phantom loads. Phantom, yeah. So uh, if, you, if folks... Toaster don't, or yeah, something like Yeah, well, that. the toaster doesn't use any electricity. When it's off, but the microwave does because, because it has, it has a, a light, little, a little clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the unnecessary <laughs> clock. <laughs> and so a lot of things around the house uh, do use it. You can you can buy uh, some energy whole house energy monitoring equipment. One is called Sense. You install it in your electrical panel, and then your app shows you what's on right now. Really. But uh, even. Easier than that, you can go onto New River, our utilities website, and look at your customer portal, and uh, your AMI meter tells you in real time what your house is using, and it gives you a score. Okay. Of A, A to F. Okay. On on how your energy uh, stacks up against other customers. That's awesome. Yeah, so you can you can see that real time energy use and historical energy use on your utilities webpage because most utilities have upgraded the meter to smart meters. All right. In the future, your house will become uh, smarter mm-hmm. and you could, um, uh, there's demand side management. So in other words, you can, you can receive an incentive to sign up as a customer who would allow the utility to disable your air conditioner, your heater, your dishwasher, your water heater, uh, maybe your refrigerator during peak afternoon times because the the grid the electric grid gets really strained in in the summer afternoons and they are developing the ability to um, allow or or have me allow them to disable my uh, water heater from you know three to six p.m really yeah so to to shave that peak down so like before before that's available to everyone yep the smart way the the old school way would be now that I hear that I'm like so in the middle of the day in the summer right. maybe I shouldn't use some of these my appliances well if I can help it starting last summer you'll get a a, um, a Facebook notice or an email or a text that says uh, defeat the peak and it's like don't turn your air conditioner on this afternoon we're yeah. entering a summer peak. Right. So you can cool your house down uh, that day, pull the blinds, and not run the AC in the afternoon. Yeah. And to really take the stress off. The Which I mean, a lot of houses in Boone. I mean, we we just have our windows open typically. Yeah. So exactly. it's not really an issue. <laughs> but I, but the summer, I always thought you know they don't water during the day or something. But but yeah, if you if you turn on your hot water spigot, uh, it'll pull some hot water out of your heater, and then the element will kick on. And maybe it's during their peak. And right. they're like, you don't need to heat the water right now. You can heat it later. Yeah. Because it's stored up in there. So three to six or something like that? Three to six in the afternoon is usually when the peak hits, somewhere in there. That's so good to know. But it's, um, you know, the, the electrical grid, we're customers, and it's a very complicated system, but it's getting smarter. And mm-hmm. the ability to, to control the loads um, and to bring in more and more uh, renewables that are a bit out of their control. You know, they can't control the wind. Uh, or the the sun doesn't shine at night, so they have to negotiate these variable resources. And so utilities are old school companies, but they're kicking and screaming, coming along into the future <laughs> to make it more sustainable, more green, less carbon, and uh, you know enable their customers to not only have more renewables uh, generating the electricity they sell, but also uh, enable them to install renewables on their roof. 
without exorbitant fees. Right. So I'm guessing there's at least a few people listening that are like, well, I already do some small stuff. Right. I'm already entered into the medium size, but I really want to go all in here. Yeah. What does that mean? Like, what are yep. the right. what are the big steps for somebody that are like, you know what, I'm convinced. I want to be yeah. as healthy for the world as I can be. Yeah, I think eat local, uh, get an electric car, and call your local solar professional and say you want to go net zero. That means your roof generates as much energy in one year as your house will use. You're net zero. It's like you were never there. It's like you were never there. <laughs> a net zero house uh, with an electric car is part of that load. And, you know, trying to eat local. I think those are top three why, things. Why does eating local Because the energy in involved in getting it and distant you. factory farms, producing food and trucking it all into yep. Boone is an energy-intense process. Right. But when Holly and Andy raise a pig and grow vegetables out in Zionville and you meet them at the farmer's market, that's way less yeah. energy. So it's win-win because it's less energy and you're supporting a local yeah. business too. So, right. Man, that's so good. Well, all right. So the, you know, this podcast, I try to convince people that we're simplifying a concept without <laughs> sacrificing depth. Can you, can you kind of close with like a here's an action step for you guys here's a way to simplify renewable energy right now you're gonna this is gonna end and right now go do this <laughs> right right now uh go solar nice <laughs> and any scale um my shed system puts a lot of, of joy in me because i like to interact with the solar mm. i mean i even use some solar just to make a pump uh, make a fountain water, in the yard. Yeah. yeah, and because I love interacting with renewable energy in real time. So um, if, you have, if you can get some solar into your life and see uh, what it's producing and become more energy aware, mm. it, I think it's, um, it's enriching to, mm. to have more solar. Even if it's covering your roof, or if it's just a, a small system to take your bedroom off the grid yeah. or to charge your electric um, outdoor power equipment, yep. it's a very rewarding to interact with. That's great. Well, thanks so much, man. I just learned a lot. I did a little bit of research before this and uh, just to be able to ask the questions properly, but I just learned so much. And <laughs> if anyone wants to contact Brent, he gave me permission to say this contact him just to ask him questions follow up with this or if you just have any clarifying questions you can go to Somerville which is his last name SomervilleWindAndSun.com so that's S-U-M-M-E-R-V-I-L-L-E WindAndSun S-U-N dot com uh, thanks so much for your time and I appreciate it oh, thank you very much and you can also go to ThingsAboutThings.com for more things thanks for listening <laughs>